Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash Business Gold Card. Okay, welcome back to the First Cut Podcast. My name is Kyle Porter. I'm here with Mark Immelman. Mark. Yo. Day after the Honda. What was your first thought about golf when you woke up this morning? Goodness gracious. My Honestly, my first thought was, oh, I've got golf team, Columbus State golf team practice this afternoon, and it's raining <laughs> cats and dogs. <laughs> what am I going to do with this crowd? Uh, so that was number one. Number two, just revisiting the Honda. I'm like, man, now we are getting into the Florida swing. You've got Bay yeah. Hill this week. You've got the Players' Championship next week. You've got Valspar thereafter. Then all of a sudden we're to Texas. Then we're in Augusta, Georgia, big guy, and I'll be uh, looking at you face-to-face. So everything is uh, primed, and, and, and I'm very excited. I'm kind of surprised that your first golf thought wasn't that Sung Jay could could win the slam this year. <laughs> what, the Florida slam? <laughs> no, the Didn't slam. Didn't know there was such a thing, right? What is the what's the four? Is it uh, Arnold Palmer, Valspar, players, and and Honda? Yeah, well, it used to be Darrell, but now like Bob Jones, you won the impregnable quadrilateral, and that was all you could win major championship wise back in the day. Then things had to change with the addition of the PGA Championship um, and the Masters, obviously. So now I guess the Florida Swing is um, not Darrell anymore. We got Honda, Bay Hill, players, Valspar. Rory's on his okay. way. Yeah, he is. He's um, he's, he's gonna have it. He's got three of the four. He's gonna have every slam except for the the actual one. The he's gonna have <laughs> he's gonna have the WGC slam. He's gonna have the Florida slam. Uh, he's gonna have some sort of Euro slam. Yes, Ryder yes, Cup. Yes, yes, trivia for you. Who? There's the Texas slam. Name the most recent golfer to achieve the Texas slam. Uh, I, uh, Brian Palmer, Adam Scott, Adam Scott. There you go. Good boy. You should know this. You live in Dallas. Well, I mean, I got a lot going on, Mark. You know, yeah, I gotta, I gotta defend Paul Azinger and my columns. I gotta chase kids around the house. My goodness. How about that brouhaha? My Lord. I'm, I'm actually keen to get your take on that because, uh, I've got mine and perhaps I should reserve it because I don't want well, to see like a CBS guy. Well, we, t- we talked about it a little bit yesterday and I, and I think that here's the deal. Like I went back and I found a Rory quote from beginning of 2019 and he, he, he said basically what Azinger said, but in stronger language. He said, look, I mean, this, this was the quote that he used, Mark. It was, Hey, European tour, it's a stepping stone. He's like, I hate to say it. And it sounds bad, but it's a stepping stone to the PGA Tour. And I think, I think part of why people were, were annoyed or whatever is just the way that it seemed like Azinger was kind of dismissive of the European Tour. Yeah. Like, it was the like, tone, right? Yeah, it wasn't the statement. I think it was more the tone. Yeah. And I, and I get that. And, and I totally like, 
you know, I'm on board with that, but I, I don't know, man. I just feel like, I feel like the Euro golf Twitter circle is super insecure. It's like, you guys are awesome. Like I freaking love the European tour. I love the European golfers. I mean, go sit in a, in a Ryder Cup press conference and tell me which one's more fun, European no, or, or American. Better, man, yeah. Yeah, Especially and after so the like victory when they've uh, uh, the the Americans after the victory when they're one or two champagnes deep or like uh they they giddy like high school high schoolers where the Euros they're just downright animals, man. <laughs> yeah, and I just I don't know everybody just loses their minds and it's like well let's look at what was said let's look at how it was said and I thought it provided some some good talking points for for people like us who you know need talking points every day. Well, if nothing else, it's uh, energized a bunch of the European golfers as we head into a few events where a lot of them play pretty well. So uh, it's going to be exciting over the next few weeks. Yeah, they're fired up about all this stuff. Um, okay, I, speaking of trivia, Mark, I got some more trivia this week for you. You ready for this? Yeah, I I, uh, I saw the brief. You know me. I don't read this the, the rundown very often, and I saw let's give Mark trivia again, and I was like two out of four the last time. I, I like how you – Jacob's going to double down with the questions. I like how you just admit that you don't read the the rundown very often. That's great. Well, that's... you're such a well, you're such a good host that it's just, you make it so easy to follow. I mean, you're like my gym nance, big guy. I mean, I, I just follow. I just sit on your wing and I'll be fine. Okay, so first one: How many international Presidents Cup team members have won an event on the PGA Tour this season? So going back to, I think Greenbrier was the oh. first event. All right. So four. Your your guess is four. Can you name? No, no, no I said to to the fall. Going back to the fall. Slow down now, Tiger. Um, okay, my bad. All right, let me think through this. Well, the first one, Greenbrier, was won by Joaquin Neiman. So There's that's one. One. Um, now I'm going to go through these events. Lanto Griffin won in Houston, so that's not a thing. The Sebastian Munoz won in Sanderson Farms. Cameron Champ, Kevin Na, uh, Justin Thomas. Um, that's, I've got one. Goodness gracious. Sung J M, obviously, that's two. Ben Arns, yep. Leishman won in Tory Pines, that's three. There you go. Uh, Adam Scott, one job. Uh, hey, four. four. Yes, four. You're, you're missing one. You're gonna, yeah. you're gonna kick yourself for this one. Who? Sony. Oh, Cam Smith. Oh, man, dang. Surely I get partial credit for four out of five there. Yeah, I mean, Tommy Fleetwood gets partial credit for a 310-yard drive on 18 at, at PGA <laughs> National. But, <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of how it goes. No, that, that was impressive. I was impressed by that. Okay, um, let's see here. Okay, Bernard Langer got his 41st PGA Tour Champions victory on Sunday at the Cola yeah. Guard. So he's four behind Hale Irwin, who's the all-time leader. Yes. Uh, Langer is the all-time leader with wins over the age of 60. How many wins over the age, of, since he's turned 60, does he have? Oh, goodness. I've got no chance of getting this one. I'm just going to have to have just some sort of a wild guess. Uh, well, uh, I'm going to say 14. He's got eight, which... Doesn't sound like a ton because he got 40, 41 all time, but that, that eight wins over the age of 60 accounts for a quarter of all of the PGA Tour champions wins over 60 ever. 
Wow. There's only been like 33 of them, and he's got eight of them. And he's got 41. Uh, yeah, okay. Maybe 14 was a bit presumptuous. But every time I turn around, it seems like the guy's lifting a trophy. So uh, maybe I was getting a bit frisky there. So all that to say, like the guys that are winning these PGA Tour Champions events, they're 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 between 50 and 60 mostly. You just mm. it's not it's not really happening post 60. And he's just, I mean, he might be out there winning when he's set. When are you going to make your PGA Tour Champions debut? By the way, you're you're eligible later this year. I played golf uh, earlier this last week, and it was disastrous. I mean, there were moments of brilliance and moments of sheer catastrophe and panic. And so, no, we, we'll we'll stick to announcing and. And opining on golf. But, but Langer, I mean, the guy, goodness, the guy looks exactly the same as what he did when he was 28, basically. So uh, nothing's changed. He's still got a size 30 waist and he's still wiry and strong and the golf swing hasn't changed very much. Uh, he's, 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 he's found the fountain of youth, I guess. It really is incredible. I was reading uh, Michael Bamberger's new book on Tiger Woods the other day. It's really good. People should check it out. It's called the second, what is it called? Second life of Tiger Woods, I think. And, he was describing Langer because there was some sort of interaction between Tiger and, and Bernard Langer's caddy at Augusta. And the way he described him was he looks exactly the same as he did when he won, except for the lines in his face. And I, and I thought that was such a brilliant way to describe it because it's true. Like he, yeah. he looks, he looks older because he has wrinkles and lines in his face because he is 62 years old, but he, everything else is the exact same. It's, it's crazy. It is, it, it is impressive and, and now I'm going to open up a can of worms, but with the, uh, the modern golf ball and the new equipment, he, pr- he hits it just oh as long, if not longer than what he did back in the day. So, uh. I know, I know. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. Okay. Uh. I'm over two. Let's wrap up, let's wrap up the Honda PJ uh-huh. National. So. Sung Jae's six under total was the highest winning score since this will be bonus trivia. Do you know when the last time we had a, a winning score at six under? It was Mark Wilson, I think it was. Do I get half a point for that? Uh I don't see Mark Wilson on this sheet. It was Brant Snedeker at yeah. Tory. I think I think that was oh, the I, what, no, I was I was thinking about about this event. Oh, okay. No, no, no. This is any event on the PGA Tour. I think this was the the tournament that finished on. Do you remember it finished on Monday? And yes. Snedeker. He shot sixty nine. The weather was grizzly. KJ Choi he, was in contention. Yeah. Yeah, he shot sixty nine. The the field average was like eighty or something, seventy eight. I mean, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, the do you is there anything there like that that uh, bad quote unquote of a score, or no. is it just? I mean, to me, it's like. It's so relative. Like if they made PJ National par 72, then all of a sudden he's, you know, 14 under. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to the words of a fellow great Texan like yourself and go, uh, well, actually, no, you're Oklahoma, aren't you? No, I, I claim Texas. Okay. You claim Texas. Ben Hogan said when he was asked about what he needed to shoot to win the tournament, and he said, one lower than the second place guy. <laughs> so no, whether that's five over or five under or 25 under, just you shoot one better than the other guy and you're going to be okay. Incidentally, Mark Wilson in 2007 won the Honda Classic with five under par. Mm. Yeah. 
That golf course would just always mean no. I don't. I, nothing about the score there. Low guy wins. You got to hang on to your hat coming in. You know it's difficult. The crosswinds on those punitive holes are so difficult and it's so dangerous and and it's it's a physical battle, but it's as much a mental and emotional battle as anything else. Well, and I think it's fun to watch tournaments be decided by shots and not putts, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Sung Jae won the tournament because he hit two just. Wonderful shots into 15 and 17. Did you see and, the scratch? Did you see the scratch video? Oh yeah. Kenzie used after Sungjae hit that tee ball to 15. <laughs> yeah, he was he was doing the Sam Cassell. He was oh. doing the uh, who's the guy from Major League that did that? Yeah, the big cojones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was that was the shot on 15 is a joke, man. That is a sick shot. I said I that on Sunday. Back. I went back and looked because Greg Ducharme asked me. He was like. So did he push this or was he aiming over there? And I went and looked at this video often and Sung Jae was aiming right down the middle of the green. So where his body lines were going and where that flag was, that dude was taking dead aim and he might have blocked it some. But here's what I know about a block shot, especially with the wind out of the right. A bad block will stall against the wind and that thing comes up 15 yards short in the water. Yeah. yeah. That ball cut through the wind like a bullet and it landed just shy of hole high. He, he was he was going after one thing over there. So I'm going to stand with what I said, and the folks can bring the Twitter heat. I don't care. He, he was aiming. He was playing aggressively there. Well, that's kind of my point. Like, that's how you go in a golf tournament, right? Mm-hmm. It's not by, you know, hitting it to the, to the safe side and hoping you make a 35-footer. You might win a tournament like that. It's not going to happen very often. So it was cool to see. And that's sort of what I meant on Sunday about, like, Closing's a skill, and he yeah. closed. Like that was that was really cool. Anyway, um, yeah, and, and quite, to that, Kyle, I don't think that the bunker shot on the 18th, because I went back and, and relooked at some of the stuff after our podcast last night. I don't think that that bunker shot gets the credit that it is due, right? because that thing was not that easy, and he pulled that off after chunking a wedge. You know, so you got to gather your wits and, and and get up there and hit a golf shot. Water on the other side of the hole, you know, stuff can only go wrong there. And it's easy to chunk and run that one about 10, 15 feet short. He flew that thing in there with some spin. And and revisiting that, I would call that one of my shots of the final round by him as well. Yeah. No, it was super impressive. Okay, speaking of the Honda, it is – it's moving, Mark. Not mm-hmm. courses, but dates. It's moving to the middle of March. So it's going to be the week after the players. So next year's schedule – as far as I understand this, is uh, it'll go Riviera, and then it'll go Mexico, mm-hmm. and then it'll go Arnold Palmer, so Bay Hill, and then the players, and then Honda. And Valspar, which is currently the week after the players, is moving to April, which is kind of weird. It won't be the Florida Slam anymore, man. Come on. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, it, that's kind of a weird thing because you go, you, I don't know, April's weird because you have RBC Heritage, you've got, uh, Wells, Wells Fargo. Yeah, it's like the kind of all over the map month, but I don't know. That, that, does that, does that really help the Honda to be the week after the players? I, I don't know that that does much. Well, the word is that this is to attract a better field, um, which, I, I, I respect the tour for doing that for a long time sponsor in Honda and obviously Jack Nicholas and everything he does with that event charitably. 
but but I I don't know if it will attract a better field. I honestly don't. I mean, because after April, a number of the guys go to RBC, the, the Heritage, and that's sort of the decompress week after the rigors of the Masters. And then after that, Quail Hollow is a big deal. And so now you're looking at guys get playing. Well, okay, that's three straight. Are they going to travel down to uh, South Florida to go and play a golf course that's going to beat you up? Um, I don't know. And and then it's also a function of how the golf course plays that time of the year because then I expect there'll be less of the overseed and a little bit more more Bermuda growing through in the fairways. So it'll be a different animal. But either way, I mean, you're going to have to play well to win there. So so I don't know. Maybe they'll get a better field. It, it remains to be seen in my opinion. Well, here's what I think, and maybe this is what they're doing, but you have all these tournaments that are outside the top 10 of the events. Like if, if we're saying the four majors, the WGCs, the players, and then like the, the Riviera, the Memorial. Yeah. Yeah. Like those. So outside the top, whatever that is, 11 or 12, all of them are, are good for different reasons. PJ Nationals. You know, that was fun yesterday. It's, yeah. it's a cool, it's a cool course. I, th- I think Valspar has been great for the last five years. And so you're, you're never going to have like a schedule that fits everything. So why not have some sort of rotation? And maybe you can't do this logistically, but have some sort of rotation to where you're giving these events preferred weeks every third year and you're just rotating them in and out, whether that's, Maybe you do it with Valspar, Honda, and Wells Fargo, or, or or whatever, and you're just you're putting them in more beneficial weeks, so the guys are like, oh, well, that's a low time in the schedule. I could actually play that, and it would be beneficial to me. It seems like you should have some sort of ability ability to rotate dates so that you're able to keep everybody happy instead of keeping only one tournament happy at a time. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And, and at the outset, it seems like it's, it's a worthwhile idea, but <clears throat> there's more to it. You know, there's, there's golf course preparation. Um, that's, that's one of the things with the PGA championship now, um, with the PGA championship moving to, uh, May. Yes, they open up different golf courses and they can perhaps go to Texas where you couldn't go to Texas in August because of the heat. But now, going to the northeast in May, if you have a bad winter time, for argument's sakes, you know, the golf courses won't be ready. There won't be enough growth season. So, so, so yeah, there, there, there's a lot more to it than just sort of, sort of saying, well, okay, you've got this event this year and, and you can have this week next year kind of deal. So it, it's a little deeper a thing and there's a few more factors to consider. Um, the, the, the sponsorship activation of it all, all this sort of stuff. So, uh, so uh, yeah, whereas your ideas make sense at the outset, I don't, I don't think it, it's got any sticking power. Look at you, sponsorship activation. Well, it was on my list of things that Jacob had me say, so I, I had to get it in quickly. You're just, you're just being fed lines. That's unbelievable. Okay, uh, what's well, you talk- know me, FedEx Cup is my only currency, man. FedEx Cup points. <laughs> Let's talk about the Ryder Cup. There's no other big events coming up, so let's talk about the Ryder Cup instead, because that's the only event that matters. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> you, you, Lee West, Lee West, Lee West was gonna be on the Ryder Cup team, Mark. He is. Unless, unless something weird happens, he is going to qualify for the Ryder Cup team. He's playing great. Uh, he was T3 at the Honda. He'll probably finish like T8 easily at Augusta. He just crushes at that place. Uh, he is up to number three. So there's two, there, 
the you need like a PhD to decipher the European Ryder Cup standings. Like they need to simplify that thing. Why are you waving your Jordan Spieth bobblehead at me right now? <laughs> I was wanting to see if you were ever going to look at your camera. Just because. Well, I'm I'm in the zone right now. I'm just pining on Lee Westwood's Ryder Cup status. We, so he, he's number three now in the World Ryder Cup standings. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think he's going to win this year on, on like a big event? Well, if uh, the the first thing to winning is getting into contention consistently. Uh, you you don't win if you're not in contention, and the more you're there the more you become comfortable with the environment because it's an uncomfortable place. I don't care what people say. So when you're there often, and, and he hadn't been for a while, and he broke back into winner's circle earlier this year in the Middle East. So you keep on getting into contention. You keep on sort of figuring out how your body feels, how the golf swing feels, um, how you feel mentally and emotionally. And and if he continues to do what he's doing, yeah, I, th- I think probability is on his side. And 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 the guy is still so accurate off the tee. If there's an Achilles heel, maybe the putter and the chipping, the the the, the sort of the routine chip shots sort of misbehave some. It's the difficult ones very well. And so if he gets a place like last week where par is a good scorer, he'll he'll be a factor. You know, again, I I said it on a previous podcast. Might have been you and me on, on mine back in the day. Um, I, I, I want to see Lee Westwood win the open because then I'll just pack it up and I'll be done with golf for the rest of my days. I kind of want to see him win the masters. That'd be cool too. I'd, I'd take any. I really would. I just pulled a Paul Azinger, by the way. I said, I want, I asked you if you thought Lee Westwood was going to win a big event. He won Abu Dhabi earlier this year, which I that forgot. A big event. For some reason, I was thinking he won, he won last year too, didn't he? He won, let's see here. No, he won in eight. He won in 2018. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, did he finish? So he finished. So he won Abu Dhabi. Um, well, the, the, the funny thing about it, you bring up the Ryder Cup, and I, I remember the sound where somebody said to him, um, "Okay, Lee, uh, Ryder Cup is in the discussion now. Uh, would you play as a captain's pick?" And he's like, oh, don't think so. I've, I've had enough of the Ryder Cup. You know, I love being with the boys and all this, uh, all, all that sort of element of it. But I, and I'm summarizing here, but you know, it's a lot of rigor and it's a lot of wear and tear and stuff. And he goes, so I think I'm kind of done with my career. And then obviously there's captaincy down the road for Lee Westwood. You know that. But now to your point, he's guaranteed. And, and, and I still think he, he makes a dynamite partner for anybody. And so. If how many matches they play in the Ryder Cup, I wouldn't be surprised if he sees the lion's share of those. Well, I saw him putt at Hazeltine, and and that's that is why he didn't want to play in any more Ryder Cups. I think <laughs> it was uh, it was not good. I I am excited about his 2019 or tw- whatever year. What year are we in? 2020. Yep. Yeah, I'm excited to. I mean, he finishes T4 at the Open last year. Again, he always plays great at Augusta. I, I think that. I don't know. I'm excited about his year. He's he's going to be on that team. Um, Gary Woodland on the U.S. side moves up to number three. This would be his first Ryder Cup. Yeah. And then the the other guy that uh, is on my list of people to talk about, Shane Lowry, who finished T21 at the Honda Classic. Uh, he's got to he's got to get he's got work to do to get on on the European uh, team. So. I don't know. It's going to be really fun to follow this all year. And I think part of the reason why is because you've got, I mean, you've got, you can go 20 deep on both sides mm-hmm. and find guys that you're like, yeah, he could, he could be on the team. I'd love to see him on the team. 
uh, and it's going to, you know, obviously you can only have 12. And so I, I just, that's going to be, I, I love that subplot within a Ryder Cup year because it's meaningful to win big events. It's more meaningful to do it in a Ryder Cup year. I think especially on the European side. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you, you talk about Shane Lowry for your mistakes. I mean, their guys like Victor Hovland and, Mate, uh, and Matthias Schinholt and this sort of crowd that, uh, there, there's some good young players coming through. So for Podrick to reach in there and, and, and give, if Lowry doesn't qualify on points automatically, I think that would be a stretch to pick him. Uh, you never know though, because there's things like pairability and, and, and just the way the golf course sets up for the individual that, you know, if it works, then the decision makes, makes sense. But, but with some of the young Euros in the wings, um, and and sort of how they're blossoming and coming through. Um, I, I have a I have an inkling that Lowry will have to do it on points, and because Captain Harrington is going to have his hands full with with dealing with some of these youngsters and getting them getting them onto the team somehow. So you're nine right now on the Euro side. Fleetwood, Rom, Rory, they'll they'll all be on the team. Victor Perez, the Frenchman, mm-hmm. and then you go uh, Danny Willett. Welcome back to America. Uh, yeah. Matthew, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Lee Westwood, Terrell Hatton, and Bernd Weisberger. And, you know, and the problem. They're good, man. Those guys are all good. They are all good. And the problem for somebody like a Lowry is that, and, and even somebody like Victor Hovland is that you're going to put Padraig Harrington into a situation where it's like, okay, do I take Sergio Stinson and Rose or do I take Hovland, Lowry and RCB and that's that's an easy choice if you're a captain you know I I don't I don't think we've gotten to the end of like hey I'm picking the 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 guys who have been here forever like I I don't think we've seen that captain's pick for the like that you know road for the last time maybe maybe this will be the last time maybe this is maybe this is the last time we see Sergio get a captain's pick but I don't think we've seen it yet and so if you're if you're Victor Hovland, you are hoping that Sergio Stenson, Rose, those kind of guys have great years and knock out your Weisbergers, your Hattons, your Fitzpatricks, just guys that are that are less um, experienced than you are, because otherwise you're you're not getting on. I'm gonna go on. The, I'm gonna go on the record right now. Okay, Bernd Weisberger will play in the Ryder Cup. Bet yeah, you, I'd bet you my bottom dollar on that one. I think I think he will too. I, I don't know about Victor Perez. He he might. No, that's touch and go. That, that that that's a little touch and go there. Um, you see that if if this was the Ryder Cup in Italy, then you might consider some of the rookies, you know, because you're playing at home. I'm gonna tell you, it is gonna be rabid this year at the Ryder Cup. And so having a few of the veterans in there, the guys are sort of grizzled a little bit. They've been there. They've done that. They understand what's in the team team room. They know how to play with guys heckling you nonstop. I think there's a lot to be said for that sort of stuff. But still, I think Wiesberger is going to be on the team. Yeah, I think Wiesberger is going to be. I think Fitzpatrick is it, like he's playing good golf. I think he could. Qual- uh, Terrell Haddon's. I mean, in my opinion, he's going to be on there. So it's going to be a. I mean, it's going to be a bloodbath to make each one of these teams and. I don't know. I'm excited. Can we to talk? Can, can we talk a little bit about the fact that Patrick Reed is basically a security spot already? <laughs> I know. So the it's American the side, the American side, it's uh, so your top eight, which are the qualifiers: Kepka, DJ, Woodland, Patty Reed, Xander, Webb, JT, and Tiger. 
And your next four would be Finau, Kutra, Cantlay, Kisner. Mm-hmm. And you have Bryson, Chez, Andrew Landry, Spieth, Fowler is Spieth ahead of Fowler. How about that? Yeah. Wow. Max Homa's up there. And, and, remember, uh, yeah, remember in the Ryder Cup, yeah, there's, there's double points, I believe, isn't it? Or how does, uh, I, I'm not sure. I know the qualifications have changed in recent times, but if you win in a Ryder Cup, yeah, to your point, that is, does a lot for your ranking. Yeah, Patty Reed will be on the team. Your top four will be on it. It's Kepka, DJ Woodland, Reed. Well, Kepka's got, Kepka's got almost double everybody else's points. He's almost doubled up number two, DJ. So I guess he's the only one that you're like, he'll definitely, and anyway, we, it's, it's March 3rd. We don't need to, we don't need to go too deep into this. Um, it's okay. Madness. All right. Stop. Yeah. I, I freaking, we need to have a Ryder Cup only podcast. Um, <laughs> We're going to talk about another international event when we come back. But first, let's take a moment and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there, and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for for our listeners. Uh, First-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Okay, Mark. Uh, another international event that we need to talk about because it was in the news today. Dustin Johnson ejecting from the Tokyo Olympics, not playing. He's all about, just like you, the only currency he deals in, FedEx Cup. FedEx Cup points. <laughs> he is all about winning the FedEx Cup, he says. The, uh, the Olympics ends on August 2nd, I believe, mm-hmm. and the FedEx Cup 
or the first playoff event starts August 13th. And his agent told Golf Week, Eamon Lynch of Golf Week, that uh, he wants to win the FedEx Cup. He's focused on that. Doesn't want anything to uh, to take away from that, to distract him. I, I don't think he used, used the word distract, but doesn't want anything to um, prohibit him from winning the FedEx Cup like the Olympics. Uh, is that is that odd to you? Do you buy that? Are you in on that? I, I don't really know. I, I The one thing about the Olympic Games, the golf competition, is the timing is – is sort of a, it's a bit wicked really because the open championship is the middle of July. I think it's like July 16, that, that sort of week. And then you've got uh, 3M, which you wouldn't play. And then the Olympics rolls around. Then all of a sudden you've got the Wyndham championship, which is the last event of the season. And of course there's the two million bucks for the Wyndham rewards if you win the, the, the regular season on offer over there. And then you enter the playoffs with the Northern Trust, the BMW and the Tour Championship. And now with well, last year we saw the inception of it, but now there's one fewer playoff event. And so I, I, I sort of see where Dustin's coming from. Am I buying? I'm not so sure. You know, as you look down the list of folks there, I hadn't looked at the Olympic rankings for a while until I saw this because I was still thinking Tiger Woods was look, sort of right on the doorstep of qualification. Nope. But the top, the top four are Thomas Kepka, Shafley Simpson. Then you've got Reed Cantlay, then DJ, then Kucha, then DeChambeau, then Woods. So, so DJ might be looking at this going, well, I'm seventh. Um, not playing so great right now. Uh, maybe we'll just sort of put a lid on this thing, let the other guys go and do that. And I'll focus on, 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 on the long-term season haul, maybe. So, so perhaps, but, but, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not convinced on it. Yeah. The, uh, uh, I, you know, I looked at this the other day and I thought Tiger was higher up than, than, uh, he is on here. He's yeah. 10th. Right ahead of Finau, uh, Woodland is tw- uh, 12th, Nah, Fowler, Kisner, Reevee. So it's all pretty jammed up over there. I mean, Scotty Scheffler's 20th on that ranking, which would surprise some folks. Um, but, uh, you know, the guy's mixing it up at the top. Um, it's it's going to be exciting to see because when is this team finalized? I, that, that that was the question I was going to ask you because I'm not sure of that. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I need to go change my uh, my article that I wrote earlier because I had another. Uh, yeah, you know, I had I had Tiger tenth. That's right. That's right. Hmm. You think you think uh, do you think NBC would rather have Scotty Scheffler or Tiger Woods be on the U.S. team? <laughs> Stop it, man. What sort of question is that? Are you just trying to get, are you trying to get me on the record somehow? No, they they do a great job. I'm, I'm just, if, if we, if CBS had it, I would say the same thing. I'm, I'm just kidding. It's, (laughs) it's a, it's it's more of a, you know, and I've said this before. I I think it's going to be hilarious when the broader sports world is like, wait, why is, you know, Gavin Green playing in the Olympics and not Tiger Woods? You know, like, I think people are just going to be shocked when, I mean, Scotty Shepard might make it over Tiger Woods, which would be hilarious. Well, I tell, um, I tell you one thing's for sure, judging by what happened at the Zozo Championship last year with Woods playing. I think the folks at the IOC were kind of hoping the Tiger would be in that fall for the United States also. Can they, hey, hey, can they give, uh, like special, um, invitations to certain players? Is there such a thing? No, that's, that's, I think that's called bribery in the International Olympic Committee. Okay. We'll stop Mark. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I got a couple of notes here from our producer, Jacob, who's the best producer. 
I missed this earlier. We were talking about different slams, the Florida slam, the WGC slam, the caps lock slam Cash. is, is the greatest slam because it's the Zozo. Why is Zozo in, in all caps? Zozo championship, all caps. Uh-huh. It is, let's see if I can do this off the top of my head. It is, uh, the players. That's all caps, mm-hmm. which I, I don't, why, I don't, I don't get that. Why is PGA Tour, why is players all caps? Somebody needs to inform me about that. Do you know why? Uh, I don't know. I really you're don't. You're wearing a, you're wearing a PGA Tour Live hat right now. I was, I was, you know what's always perplexed me? <laughs> was if you look at the title of the memorial. That's the, the other one. The T of the is not capitalized. That, that, that's so bothered me more than the it's caps. It's so lock. weird. It it's is the weirdest thing. And then there's one other. Um, what, what is the other caps lock slam? I, the Northern Jacob's Trust. Is it the Northern Trust maybe? No, oh, it was the Northern Trust and also the CJ Cup. So the yeah. Caps Lock Slam, you gotta win, you gotta win like a Ricky Fowler's career worth of tournaments to get the <laughs> Caps Lock Slam. And, and you gotta to travel to some uh, different places throughout the season, but I'll tell you. <laughs> I forgot about the Northern Trust. I, I always feel like when I'm like writing or talking about these events, like I should be yelling them because they're in all caps. What? Why? Why is Northern the Northern Trust in all caps? Well, yeah, I'm going to throw a wrench in your works. Waste Management Phoenix Open. When you write a short, and it's the WMPO, and that's all caps too. So what does that get yeah, off? That's that? yeah, okay. that's like I don't know. What that's like winning the par three contest at Augusta or something. It's like it, ha- it, you get a trophy from Augusta, but it's not the one you want. And then there's the ones I'm looking down the list, the QBE shootout, QBE is caps and, <laughs> and the RSM classic, RSM's all in caps too. Just saying. Uh, okay. So his other note is, this is an actual thing. Uh, June 22nd is when Olympic qualifying is over. All right. So that's, that's not that far away. No, it really isn't. I mean, we're, that's like the, what is that? The week after the US Open probably? Well, I mean, I, I think I said this yesterday when I was driving back from Bay Hill to Columbus, Georgia. Um, when is the first day of spring? Is like May, uh, March 22nd or something, right? 21st. They're already azaleas blooming in Florida. So, uh, so spring's right around the corner, which means, um, all of a sudden you're April and then all of a sudden it's June 22nd. So yeah, this is, it's, this is going to come upon us quickly. Yeah, speaking of things that are coming up quickly, we've got, uh, it's about to be major championship season. I love this schedule. Uh, it's so fun. And one of the things about this week, so we got Arnold Palmer coming up this weekend, uh, Goodfield, Rory Brooks, uh, Francesco Molinari is defending Francesco Molinari, uh, his, his body will be there. His soul is still in Ray's Creek after Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> took it out of him, but that's uh, tweetable. Uh, wait, wait. By the way, you delivered that. That means you've <laughs> tweeted that at some stage already. Good saying stuff. I think I've texted it. I don't think I had tweeted that. <laughs> All right. That was a yeah. that was a first cut after dark reference. Um, <laughs> so anyway, the reference to a major championship season. So there's a really interesting sponsor exemption in the field this week. Brandon Matthews. Uh, I don't know if you remember. Do you remember? Uh, like what the sponsor exemption thing was for him to get in? Well, I know that Kevin Yu, who was because the Arnold Palmer Cup uh, nominates a, a, a young man to play uh, in the tournament as an, uh, as an invitation as well, and the winning team, the, te- the the teammates in a team meeting, I oversaw this being the captain last year, they they put all the names of who they think should get the invitation, 
and for our team, his name is Chun An Yu. Uh, was he's a senior at uh, Arizona State this year. He was the guy nominated and because the international team won, won. Kevin gets in. Now I'm not sure why Brandon gets in, but I know that the King was he was very um, he was au fait with 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 amateur golf, and so I, I, I'm glad to see the guy in. I'm just not sure of his qualification criteria. So- yeah, so the reason he got in, this was in, uh, this was PJ Tour at Latino America last year. He was in a sudden death playoff. I remember watching a highlight. Oh, of this. yes, okay. I know. A fan had yelled, was this during Latino America? I thought it was during yes. like a, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he, a fan had yelled during, uh, a putt that he had in a, in a playoff. Green, yeah. I think it was the final green. Yeah. And it turns out that fan had was was uh, was a, a, a youngster with special needs, and so it became this whole thing. And and the way that he responded, he went out and I, I think if I remember the video correctly, he like signed something, uh, met him, the whole deal. It was it was it was really cool. It was it was a cool video. And anyway, so he gets in an Arnold Palmer on a sponsor exemption because according to tournament organizers of the api this was like uh the way he responded was arnold palmer like so yeah, there's a there's a billion reasons you can hand out sponsor exemptions this is a really cool one i think because it kind of ties something that happened last year to uh, a a big tournament i mean for somebody like that to be in and the reason i bring up the major thing is because Mark, this is a, this is an open qualifier so there are three spots available to guys who finish in the top 10 and are not already qualified for uh, Royal St. George's. So I think that would be unbelievable if somebody like him who got in on that kind of sponsor exemption was able to sneak his way into the top ten and, and get into the Open Championship. Hey, do me a favor. Say for me St. Andrews or St. George's. Could do that S- for me. St. George's? Royal St. George's. <laughs> <laughs> Well, er- earlier when I threw it to our partners, it felt like I was saying partners. <laughs> partners. Speaking like a pirate. No, yes. it's uh, like like put on your best Peter Ellis voice and say, just down the road from Pontevedra, there's uh, the, in Saint Augustine, Florida, is the World Golf Hall of Fame. You know, it's not Saint George's. Saint. It's not Saint. I didn't. It was the mail was sent by the by the postal service. It's it's Saint. <laughs> No, if you watch like, uh, remember what was that, that TV show with, with the helicopter? Airwolf. The guy's name was Sinjin in there. Saint, Saint John. Saint John. Anyway, stop. Let's, I'm, I'm losing my mind. Uh, so anyway, that's a little, we're, we're going to get into more of the, the Arnold Palmer later on. Uh, do you have any, I don't, I don't know if you're the person I should be asking, but do you have any one and done guys that you're leaning toward this week? You're in last place, so should we just skip you and go to me? <laughs> you keep on reveling in your lead. Remember, this is when the real golfers show up this time of the year. I just got my first top ten last week. You didn't. You've had a win before because you got lucky with Adam Scott. <laughs> I got lucky with Adam Scott. Um, no, um, no I, I've got to say this about the Bay Hill event. Um, and and maybe this is the romantic in me. You know this. I. The, the first event I ever saw on television in South Africa was the Open. All right. And then I watched the Masters because we, we got the, basically those two events. And then somehow for a little while, uh, 
we got like a PGA Tour kind of recap show, and I got to watch Bay Hill. It was still a Nestle Invitational then because David Frost was in contention with Payne Stewart. And so Bay Hill was one of the first events I ever saw on television as a young kid in South Africa. So it's an event that's very special to me. My parents live right around the corner over there. Um, and, and, and man, that place spits out some fantastic champions. And of course, when you've got Arnold Palmer as the namesake, it, it's just so cool. So for me, it's a, it's one of the great stops in the tour. Um, and my early one and done lean, uh, I'm sort of partial to Tommy Fleetwood a little bit right now. Um, with Tiger not playing, he would have been a, a logical choice. But, but, but you know, I'm, I'm, I've, I've sort of had Brasson planned for this week. Uh, you just got to give me a day or two on this. How about Rory being five to one here? I mean, that's a. I'm that's saving a, Rory for the Tour Championship. I've well, got, keep, I've you keep it. saying that. Yeah. Rory's going to get hurt in like the second playoff of it. <laughs> he's not. He's the FedEx Cup champ. He's won the FedEx Cup twice. And you're going to be without some, you're going to have to pick like Patty Kazire at the tour championship. Um, five to one is a, that's a pretty dirty number. I mean, that is, that's a tiger like number back, you know, 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good field too. It's not a, it's not a nothing field. I, I think, uh, I'd love to pick Fleetwood. He's feeling it right now. Not just, not just Honda, but he's played great over the last two months. Hideki's playing really well. Uh-huh. I think I might go Bryson. Well, yeah, well, no, you can't do that because I'm trying to catch you. Um, I, I'll toss out one or two other names, you know, because I used to call this event when I was still a, a PGA to a radio guy. So I was, I used to go down there and names that jump out at me that have played well there was Matthew Fitzpatrick plays well there perennially. Yeah. Leishman plays pretty solid there. Jason Day plays solid there. And then you got some of the, I say local because they, they used to be local, but now they've pulled on out. Um, Henrik Stenson, uh, Graham McDowell, Justin Rose. He's got a place there, although he lives down in South Florida now. So, so, so they, they, it is, it's a one and done rich environment. Um, but, but, but watch out for a guy like Fitzpatrick. You know, it's a golf course that's long, but it's going to reward accuracy off the tee before anything else. And the year Rory won when I called it, um, that 64 was sublime in the final day, but he drove the ball even above his lofty standards because he had wedges into these targets from the fairway, and he just absolutely diced the place. So it yeah. asks all the questions, but if you drive it well, you're going to be you'll you'll be in good shape. The 64 is great. I, I'm kind of regretting, uh, not regretting. I think it was a good pick, but just the T5 from Rory at Mexico. That's not what you want out of. I mean, you want something better than that out of. Is the, that where you of, went? Huh. Is that what you did? Yeah, I, I had Rory in Mexico. Well, you got to go for the guaranteed points in the WGC event. Yeah, but like that—that's like the floor of like what you what you should be getting out of him right now, right? Wow, I don't know. Fifth place is a lot of money and a lot of points. I, it is, but like he that like he's not finishing below fifth right now. He's he's an auto top five, so. You want him in a week where he's like first, second, or third, not T5. That, 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 I guess that's what I'm saying. Anyway, I think I'm going to go Fleetwood for the players. So I might go Bryson Fleetwood back to back here. Mm, well, at least you let me know. Now he's, now you're going to go ahead and change that stuff when I try and stymie you. Although I'm not in the position to stymie. I'm in the Yeah. Summer. You, you need to, you need to like stay in your lane and figure out your own stuff before you start worrying about me. <laughs> Hey, I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you an outsider over here. 
Martin Laird. Okay. Do you have any like commentary on it, or are you just throwing names at me? No, no, no. He's he he plays well here. He drives the ball great. He's won uh, back in I want to say maybe 2011, um, and and he's a phenomenal ball striker. And it's you know certain golf courses bring out the best in people, and and it seems like this is one of those. Um, I, I am you know as 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 I consider what you were saying too, and I'm now I'm listening to your plans, and I'm going to catch you somehow. I might pivot. To Jason Day, he, he looks the game sound. He told me as much um, at Pebble Beach earlier this year. Uh, I might go with uh, Jason, who's won year before. Well, you want to get him before coronavirus sets in, and he's, uh, <laughs> you know, I yeah. probably shouldn't. I probably shouldn't joke about coronavirus. Okay, we'll be back later in the week. We've got. Uh, I think we have a. <laughs> Martin Laird's not in the field. Good job, Mark. Uh, um, I mean, look, I, I, was, I was trying to be creative. Like, you, you, you can't fault my creativity. You know, I, I'm trying to get into the spirit of what the players this week are going to need. You've got to drive the ball well. You've got to be creative around the greens. Uh, so, yeah, okay, just discount me. It's great stuff. I think Greg and and, uh, and Rick Gaiman are going to have a, a DFS preview on Tuesday. I believe that's coming out. Um, so yeah, we'll be back later in the week. I'll be on all four days this weekend. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Great field. Uh, hopefully good weather and, uh, we will talk later on, Mark. Yeah, there's one thing for certain, uh, t- tomorrow's podcast for those two boys will be a little more organized than this, uh, one we've just put out. Hey, this is the most fun I've had on a podcast in a while. So we're, we're good. Yeah, we need a, we, we need a mediator though, because you and I would just sort of start rapping and the next thing <laughs> gets disastrous. <laughs> <laughs> All we need is a red wine sponsor and we'd be styling. <laughs> okay, Mark, I'll talk to you later. Catch you later, buddy. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.